Welcome into Locked On Phillies. The Phils are heading up to Toronto to face the Blue Jays, but some key players not going with them. I'll talk about the vaccination status of a couple players and a recap of the Cardinals series on today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Yes, this is Locked on Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. College baseball, semi-pro baseball, talking baseball on the radio and TV, all of it in my background, but I'm happy to be with you here as your host of Locked On Phillies. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. An interesting day to be a Philadelphia Phillies fan. We're going to, in the second segment, get into what happened in the series-ending game with the Cardinals, the Phillies falling to the Cardinals uh, behind a, a rough later part of a start from Aaron Nola and a lack of offense. All of that will be discussed. But the big news of the day, and we knew it was coming for a while now, the Phillies will take on the Toronto Blue Jays tonight up in Canada. Canada still has severe COVID vaccine restrictions, not allowing unvaccinated players to even go into the country, not just play baseball. Canada enter the country of Canada. In Philadelphia, we saw this issue with the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA playoffs when Matisse Thibel, who is the starting small forward for the Sixers in the regular season, he was not able to travel to Toronto for the team's first round series in Canada. Uh, so the away games, he could not play. And we knew that the Philadelphia Phillies had some unvaccinated players. We weren't sure who, we weren't sure how many, but knew that it was going to be an issue with this trip to Canada. Well, it's official. We know who will not be making the trip and the folks not on the list that can go. Aaron Nola, not able to go. Start was moved up. So that's all good. Kyle Gibson, not able to go. JT Romuto, not able to go. Alec Bohm, not able to go. Now, when you look at it, Kyle Gibson, his start was pushed up so he wouldn't have to start in Canada. That's fine. Got a start out of him. Got the win in his game against the St. Louis Cardinals. Aaron Nola had his start bumped up, started last night rather than his normal spot, which would have been game one in Canada against Toronto. He gets bumped up pitched well early, but uh, ended up getting the loss because of some uh, mid-inning trouble. We'll talk about that, but doesn't really affect the Phillies all that much because they can shift around the starts a little bit. Alec Bohm would have been unavailable in Canada, but yesterday uh, takes a dive into second base, dislocated his left ring finger. That thing was sideways. Now, luckily, it sounds like it wasn't broken. It was just a dislocation. They popped it back in, and they're not even sure he'll have to go on the injured list. It may be as simple as just managing the pain as it heals on its own, and he may be able to play through it. But he'll have two days off and because he cannot travel to Canada. Biggest loss, though, is JT Romuto not being able to go up. And he was asked about his reasoning and everything about the vaccination status and going into Canada. He had a couple thoughts in his availability yesterday about his inability to enter the country of Canada due to his vaccination status. And a couple of his thoughts they made that I want to respond to on here. Uh, the first sentiment he said was he's not vaccinated. He basically said it was a personal choice. He wishes he could be there with the team, uh, but can't because of his vaccination status. Talked to doctors. Um, he mentioned he talked to a couple of doctors he knew. He's a 31-year-old healthy professional athlete. 
He's had COVID multiple times. doesn't feel like he needs a vaccine because the symptoms were mild when he had it. And therefore, he chose not to get it. All of that well within his rights. I'm not going to make this a vaccination or unvaccination issue because that's not the issue that we're facing here. He can choose to do that. He absolutely can. I said the same thing with Matisse Thibel. I say the same thing for Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson, and for Alec Bohm. They all have the choice not to do it. We're going to talk about how it affects the Phillies, though. And honestly, I had this argument on air over at 97.5 The Fanatic on the John Kincaid Show. I don't think it affects him that much. It's two games. So Alec Bohm, now, I would like Alec Bohm to be able to play, but he was going to be out anyway with that finger issue. That doesn't make it any easier, but it kind of saves me from having to argue one side or another. Aaron Nola and Kyle Gibson both get their starts pushed up. Gives you another bullpen game, but the Phillies were bullpenics anyway because of Ranger Suarez being injured and Zach Eflin being injured. So not a huge disadvantage compared to the disadvantage they already had. I'd rather have all five of your starting pitchers available, but compared to the disadvantages they've had over the past week or so, Suarez and um, Zach Eflin injuries, huge disadvantage there because you can shift around the rotation. JT Romito, yeah, like, is he a good player? Absolutely. Is he nice to have behind the plate? Absolutely. But he's been having a down year. He hasn't really contributed all that much. Defensively, he's been solid. He controls the base pass as well as any catcher in baseball. But offensively, he hasn't been himself. And Garrett Stubbs, in his short time getting opportunities with the Philadelphia Phillies, has been really good. So two games of Garrett Stubbs, is not a, it's not a death sentence for the Philadelphia Phillies. None of these absences over the course of a two-game regular season series are a death sentence. And people may be like, well, Philadelphia blew up over the Matisse-Thibault thing when he couldn't go for the NBA playoffs. Yeah, that's a seven-game series. It's the playoffs. It's winner-go-home series. So when you're missing a starter, there's only five starters. So one of your top five players is not available to play any road game in that series. That's an issue. When you're playing a mid-July series against an interleague opponent, it's only two games. It's not even a regular three-game series. It's ultimately not that big of an issue. And John Kincaid, who's the host of our morning show on 97.5, the Fanag, pushed me on it and said, well, what if the Phillies miss the playoffs by two games? And my argument to that is, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to go ahead and look at these two games in Toronto and say, well, that was the difference. They play 162 of these. They had 160 other opportunities to win games without vaccination playing into it. Is it unfortunate? Yeah. Do you want to win as many games as possible? Yes. But I don't think that this is going to be pointed to when the year's over as, hey, this is what ended up costing the Philadelphia Phillies. Because one, I think they're still a playoff team. And two, I just don't think the players will allow this to be an excuse. Kyle Schwarber came out, and some people are saying Kyle Schwarber is becoming the leader in the locker room for this team. That may be because of Bryce Harper's injury and his inability to play right now. It may just be because uh, Kyle Schwarber is more of an outspoken person than Bryce Harper in the locker room. I don't know exactly what to attribute that to, but I have heard that from a couple places. And he came out, came out and basically said they have the guys who are unbacked. We're not going to let this come between us as a team. We don't fault them. It happens. They have a personal choice. We don't judge them at all for that. And we will see them when we get back from Toronto. And hey, 
that's pretty much how this team's mindset looks for me. So us as a fan base, we can be upset that players are not available. I'm not upset because they're making a choice. I'm upset because I want them to play. Think about like Adam Hayes, who decided early in the season to step away from baseball. And we didn't know why he was doing it or what the case may be. You knew there was something personal going on, had to step away from the game. Would I have liked to have another option out there in center field, even though Adam Hazley was never that great of a player here? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not faulting him for making that decision. I'm just annoyed that the Phillies are down another player, whatever the case may be. And I'm not faulting, uh, as I hit my microphone, I'm not faulting the, the reason for it. I am just annoyed with the result of it because I want this team to be at full strength. But it would be like almost being annoyed at Alec Bohm for sliding headfirst in the second and dislocating his finger. Like, do I want him to play? Yes. But there's some things where it's up to that person or it's up to a certain event and you just can't control it and you have to live with it. And the Phillies are going to have to live with it up there in Toronto. It sucks because I want to do like a preview of this series like normal, but now the vaccination conversation has got me talking more about that than actually the preview of the series with the Blue Jays. We are going to do that a little bit as we recap the Cardinals series in our next segment, but those are my thoughts on the vaccination and everything. The one other thing that I want to get into, JT Romito saying that the money he's forfeiting is just a little bit of money, is tone deaf. There's a part of the fan base, a large part of the fan base, pretty much 98% of the fan base that would say 260000 which is what he is forfeiting per uh, reports I've seen by Matt Gelb, who covers the team. Yeah, uh, that would say that's a big chunk of change. The flippant about that is a turnoff to the fan base, and he should consider how that comes across next time he talks about the amount of money these players make. But that is a separate issue from what we're dealing with here. And, hey, play the two games, move on. We're going to forget about this by the end of the All-Star break. And I don't think it affects him in the long term. So those are my thoughts. We're moving on from the vaccine talk. That is the last time I will talk about it unless the Philadelphia Phillies end up playing the Blue Jays in the World Series. And, hey, if they're in the World Series, <laughs> it will have gotten there. And we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Coming up next. We'll talk about yesterday's game in short because not that exciting of a game for the Phillies. Only one run scored for them. And we'll preview that series with the Blue Jays on the field and who the Phillies will face. All right, let me tell you some stuff about Built Bar here. They're the people who invented healthy and tasty. And they're giving you the latest gift to your taste buds, Brownie Chunk Built Bar. Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. And your friends at Built have given you not just that. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs. So Puffs, if you're not familiar, they're the marshmallows with protein infused in them. Now one of your favorite flavors in the Bilt Bar, one of their best sellers. They made it in the Puffs. It's awesome. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling. Make sure you're listening to me. They're good for you. They're low calorie. High protein. They're all delicious. They're low in sugar. They're low in all of those things that you want to be low in high of all the good proteins and stuff. It's absorbable protein. It's really, really good for you, but they're only here for a limited time. So you got to go to built.com and make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast. The collagen protein they use, well, it absorbs fast, but not as fast as these things are going to fly off the shelves over there at Built Bar. So make sure you hurry over there and check it out. Satisfy your sweet tooth while also getting a good snack that's good for you. It's delicious. It's great. 
And who doesn't love the coconut brownie combination? So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, it's time to talk about the series-ending game between the Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies. It was a 6-1 to win for the St. Louis Cardinals. The Phillies, unfortunately, fall in this one. Really, the only thing that happened was the second batter of the game, Reese Hoskins, hit a towering home run to left field up above the Big Mac land sign, but the rest was all Cardinals. Aaron Nola was actually incredible through four innings. But in the bottom of the fifth, he gave up three. Corey Dickerson had an RBI single. Sosa doubled the deep left, uh, and Dickerson homered to right in the seventh inning. Five to one by the seventh, six to one with a large Newt Bar, one of my favorite names in baseball. He, he homered to right field, but the issue with the Phillies in this game was the offense, and it has been for a little bit. Alec Boehm goes out early uh, trying to stretch something into a double, uh, a single into a double, not just something, a hit into a double, but he has that dislocated finger that we talked about in the first segment. But Kyle Schwarber went over for uh, J.T. Romuto was actually two for four in this one, so not a bad day for him. Get your hits out now because you won't be able to play in the next couple games. The Phillies actually had eight hits, but only one run. It was just the scattered hits and couldn't string them together. It seemed like it would be a hit every inning to start off, and then, well, no one would follow through after that. And that's what happens when you start losing guys, uh, and you're now down uh, Harper, Segura, and Bohm. It goes from, okay, one hole in the lineup, but you still have like three, four, five is still powerful. Or two holes in the lineup, but one's at three, and one was batting at like seven or whatever, and you can mitigate that and spread your guys out. Not saying that's the case with Gene Segura or Bryce Harper. I'm just saying you can mitigate two. Three in a lineup of nine players means one-third of your lineup is out. And what that means is every single inning by percentages – so every third batter, really, if you go three out of nine, that's one third, if my math's correct. <laughs> every third batter, then you're using a replacement. Now you can say, like, okay, the starting lineup, top three is Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, Nick Castellanos. Those guys are all starters. But ultimately, you're going to have holes in the lineup that you can't overcome if you keep losing players. And the offense has been quiet lately. Uh, they don't have a single player hitting over 300, uh, but they have – Every single player besides Bryson Stott is hitting above 200, at least that was in the lineup yesterday. So a rather consistent team when you look at them across the landscape of Major League Baseball, just losing some of those big average guys. And that hurts you when it comes to getting guys on base for the Reese Hoskins home run. There was a solo shot. Well, you could have made it a two or a three run shot. Not in that case, but the power numbers don't help you as much when you don't have those average guys to fill in the gaps. And that's the Phillies issue right now. Hopefully it'll come back and they can figure that out in Toronto, but only a couple more games till the all-star break. And then hopefully some guys will get healthy and you'll get all good there. We'll see. You just have five more games until the all-star break though. Two in Toronto, three in Miami. Let's preview that series with the Toronto Blue Jays, starting with the game tonight, 7.07 PM because Toronto, thank goodness, still Eastern standard time there. So no time difference, but Toronto, strangely enough, according to ESPN here that I'm looking at, has not decided on a starter for either of the two games, but the Philadelphia Phillies have. They'll have Andrew Bellotti start tonight's game. Bullpen game, again, it's for the, what, second time in three games. 
third time or fourth time in the last week and a half, really. It's annoying how often they have to do bullpen games, but hopefully Suarez and Eflin will both be back on the backside of the All-Star break, and then you'll have a full gamut of starting pitchers to use, a full complement, rather. So we'll hope that's the case. I don't have much faith in Andrew Bellotti starting. I don't have much faith in, in some of the guys that are going to have for the bullpen because you can't just do, well, Brad Hand, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and uh, whoever else you want to do. Jose Alvarado, I guess, has been really good lately. But you can't just go with those three guys to get the job done. You're going to have to see Juris familiar. You're going to have to see something out of Andrew Bellotti. It's just not an ideal situation for them. The good news is, if game one is going to be tough, well, game two looks, at least pitching-wise, like it's going to be much easier. Zach Wheeler can make the trip, will make the trip, and he will make the start to 7.07 p.m. His last start of the first half uh, will be in Toronto against the Blue Jays. So, hey, if Wheeler gets his job done and the offense shows up, you certainly have a great chance for a split. Maybe you steal one tonight and you find a way to sweep them, but Wheeler going tomorrow feels me makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. I was talking about it in the first segment. Like I don't think these two games are going to be a huge deal, and I don't think the guys they're losing are causing them to have a death sentence in Toronto. The reason is Wheeler is throwing tomorrow. So we'll see what the lineup looks like. Some stuff different. Garrett Stubbs is going to have to start at catcher, I imagine. Jairo Munoz is going to get the start at third base. He was the one who was inserted at third base for Alec Bohm mid-game yesterday following that finger injury. So we'll keep an eye on that. But a splittable series in Toronto despite missing some guys. And who knows? Maybe they'll run into They've been pretty good with bullpen games lately. The bullpen has been incredible for the Philadelphia Phillies. Maybe they'll run into one. That's a... That's my short preview of a weird series up there in Toronto where we don't know a lot about who's throwing for the Blue Jays, and we don't really love who's available for the Phillies. But hey, stranger things have happened. Now, wrapping up today's episode, we have a whole question yesterday about Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola getting snubbed from the 2022 NL All-Star roster. And I want to, as we wrap up, I'll go through the results, and I'll tell you what I think about... Uh, Some interesting poll results, to say the least. All of that as we wrap up today's Locked On Phillies. Um, First, I got to tell you about my friends over at Rock Auto. They're awesome. There's so many new cars and trucks and vans and everything out there, new makes, models, everything. I can't keep up with the new cars I see on the road every day. And when you go down to the store on the corner, it's hard to imagine that they're going to have stuff ready for each and every car owner that walks in the door like everyone's got different needs you need someone who's all-encompassing but still has that feel of a small family business that's why you gotta go check out rockauto.com you can find it at home on your desktop you can find it in your pocket on your phone it's easy enough to get on there you save time you save money when you use rock auto as well i don't know why you choose to spend 30 percent 50 percent sometimes even a hundred percent more by having to trek your way down to the store in person and buy it there no go online Pick out the great deals that Rock Auto has to offer and take advantage of just the best way to shop for auto parts. They are a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, so they know how to do this right. And their prices have been reliably low for every customer the whole time they've been in business. You just got to go ahead and check out their easy-to-use website today, and it'll help you find your solution to your auto part needs. So I want 
want you to go to rockauto.com right now. All the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you in. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Okay, and our final segment is time for off the pole. Now, what this is, is it's a play on words. It's a poll question, off the pole, like the foul pole in baseball. And I ask it on Twitter, get your responses. And then in the second part of this segment, because I asked the question yesterday, now today we'll respond to the results of the poll, and I'll tell you my thoughts on everything. So to remind you, our off the pole question was, which of the Phillies' two all-star snubs should have made the NL all-star roster? And we're talking specifically the snubs of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Now, a couple options here. Both Nola and Wheeler should have made it. Just uh, Zach Wheeler should have made it. Just Aaron Nola should have made it. Or neither of them should have made the all-star team. And just, well, we've had our first ever response. It got 0% of the vote. Here's how it broke down. 0% people think that just Aaron Nola should have made it, which just shows me and shows you something that we all agree on. Zach Wheeler has been better than Aaron Nola this year. So there's no way Aaron Nola should have made it and Zach Wheeler shouldn't have. That's not realistic. 3% of people are saying neither should have made it. And I imagine that that is a bunch of, I get followed by other locked on hosts. They're like hosts of locked on Mets, my buddy Ryan, who does that. Host of Locked On Marlins, Peter, who's a great guy. Host of Locked On Nationals, Josh. Uh, host of Locked On Braves, Chris, who's down there, does that. Yeah, these guys are probably voting neither because they think that the Phillies think. So that might be the 3% that I'll account for there. 44% of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler should have made it. And 53%, the most, was just Zach Wheeler. Now, I'll tell you what I'm surprised about. I imagine that it was going to be probably about 75% were going to say just Zach Wheeler. 44% of people believe that both Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler should have made it. And now I asked this question prior to last night's start. So maybe that would have changed with Aaron Nola having a bit of a rough outing at the end there, giving up some runs. But it shows you how high of regard this can be. So, hey, Aaron Nola with what he's done this year. Now, Zach Wheeler is the defending Cy Young runner up. Probably had a really, really good claim to winning that award. No, he definitely had a good claim at winning that award. And Corbin Burns just sneaks in and grabs it from him last year. Okay, whatever. We're moving on from that. But that's a guy that has come out and had a great year, and he deserved to be a part of that roster, both on reputation and Aaron Nola is one that's been rough for this team lately. The organization and the fan base seemed down on last year with a very rough 2021 season. And now the fan base seems like they've come back around on him. So 44% of people believing that he and Wheeler both should have made it. Uh, that's a positive if I'm Aaron Nolan, I'm looking at my perspective from the fan base. But just Wheeler was where I would have voted as well. It's where I did vote and it's where 53% of the responders came in. So uh, that's just how everything shakes out, but still a chance that Wheeler gets put in as a reserve or like a coach ad or something like that, or manager ad, I should say. We'll keep an eye on it and see how it shakes out with till the all-star break. That's off the poll. And that's also all for our episode today. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospect. Lindsey Crosby's reviewing the major amateur draft. He's also got the trade deadline coming up and any minor league prospects that might get traded from your system, you might want to trade for from other systems. We'll go ahead and check it out because he knows every single one of them. 
He's a prospect encyclopedia, knows the game inside and out. So it's available wherever you get your podcast. Go check out Locked On MLB Prospects with my friend Lindsey Crosby, who hosts. That's all for today. I want to thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, all of that good stuff you do that keeps the show afloat. I really appreciate that. And we will have a recap of Game 1 in Toronto on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Phillies.